the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Ecos. Hey everyone, welcome back. Thanks for joining us today. I want to ask you a question here, and it's a pretty serious one. How prepared are you for grief when grief hits? We're all going to die at some point. We're going to lose loved ones. Some loved ones are going to get sick, friends, whatever it may be. It's just the reality. How prepared are you for it? Well, my next guest specializes in preparing people for grief. She spent 30 plus years as a nurse, working as a health professional around doctors, worked in emergency. She worked in the chemotherapy. She worked in all areas of, of the hospital and got to really see how much this trauma and grief affects people. So she has dedicated her time and her mission to help educate people so that they are prepared for when this happens and it's going to happen. So I'm really excited to bring her on. This is a very important topic. So make sure you guys listen right till the end because she gives a lot of value. She talks about her book and she talks about her TED Talk. So really excited to have her on. Yvonne Heath is joining us. Stay tuned, guys. We're going to get right into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of University of Adversity. I'm your host, Lance Isios. My next guest has been a registered nurse for 31 years and has worked in all kinds of different hospitals in the U.S. and Canada. She has seen a lot and has spent time in emergency, intensive care, delivery room, and chemotherapy. She became disheartened by society's reluctance to talk about, plan, and prepare for grief and how it causes excessive suffering in life and at the end of life. She struggled with it as well, not knowing how to deal with it differently or teach people different ways. At 50, she took a leap of faith. She left nursing and blazed a new trail to help create a culture of change. She has been able to get her message as an inspirational speaker out there to the masses with her book, Love Your Life to Death, and she has a TV show and, and is a radio host, as well as uses social media to get her word out. She has completed an epic TED Talk that is called Transforming Grief by Just Showing Up, which I highly recommend you guys all check out right now. Either pause this or check it out after. You'll love it. She's amazing. She's got great energy. And I'm really, really excited to see her perspective and dive into her story. So Yvonne Heath, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And I just love that intro. I might have to tape it and, and share it all the time. Thank you. Yeah. I, um, I love to get the, I love to get people pumped up. It's, yeah. uh, it's my sports background, you know, it's, uh, I see. Gotcha. Yeah, but, uh, awesome. I'm, I'm super glad to connect again. We had connected before, um, a little bit of a chit chat and I, I really, I was drawn to your story and what you're doing. So I'm super excited to have you here to dive in and something that people don't, don't know how to do a, deal with very often um, is grief. And it's one of these things that you don't really think about and you sort of push aside and you want to go, oh, I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. But we have to and we're all going to go through it. So maybe just take us back. Tell us a bit about your story and you know, fill in the gaps a bit of how you got to where you are today. Absolutely. Well, like everyone, I have a story. We all have our story, right? And, yeah. and I grew up no different than anyone else. I went through my struggles. I, it, as a kid, I went through bullying and I, I've gone through my, my share of, 
uh, struggles. And um, I often, especially as a mother and as a nurse, you, you kind of feel like you're supposed to just cope with things and then move forward, you know, brush yourself off and then get right back up there and support everyone else. And I realized that grief was just kind of piling up <laughs> inside, internally, right? Like the things that you see as a healthcare professional and in, in so many professions, they kind of chip away at your soul a little bit at a time. Uh, but you look around and you think, geez, you know, everyone else seems to be coping with this better than me. So I'm just going to say I'm okay, maybe have a couple of glasses of wine and a good cry and, and then just keep on going. So I realized I was in, I actually worked in chemotherapy for the last 14 years of my career. And I realized I was suffering along with other people and I, I could no longer ignore my own anxiety with it and the truth is is that i also had things i was struggling with in my own life and one of the greatest uh, catalysts for me was when our older son went down he spiraled down a dangerous road of drugs and addiction and it was it was honestly excruciating as a mother right you're, you're trying to save your own child from himself mm -hmm. which he's doing better now but at the time it was it was terrifying and i was full of grief and anxiety and also trying to be a chemotherapy nurse and we had toddlers who were twin toddlers at the same time so there was just it was just like it all mounted and i could no longer ignore it i needed to do something and uh and when we can create something positive from the hardship and the trauma we've been through i think that is a tremendous tremendous way to heal yourself and other people. Yeah, that's, I always used to think about the nurses and just what they must be going through, you know, because you, you, you're human, you know, and yeah. you're no different, but you're almost put in this role that you're supposed to be some sort of like perfect oh. specimen, like heal everything and, and everything's okay. The nurse is here. And it's like, well, you, you take that home with you. You know, the, the, it's same with police, paramedics. Absolutely. I mean, it's a great job and so much respect, but I feel like that it's got to go somewhere, right? The chemotherapy and seeing that and seeing uh, emergency, I just, I can't even imagine how stressful that must have been. And, you know, that's the thing is every single person that comes in there is going to have to deal with grief, you know, in some way or another. Yes. Yes, well, they're not there because they're having a good day. Yeah, it's, <laughs> right? yeah. it's like counselors and, and people who, who support people, those with developmental disabilities. And like you said, first responders, anyone who is in the caring for others field, you are going to go through grief because, yes, they're coming to you in their, in their hardship and they're with life challenges, funeral directors, victim services. I mean, there's just, it's endless. And we are supposed to just be magically good at seeing horrible things happen and seeing people die in tragic ways and have our own life, you know, challenges and just be magically good at it. And there's a lot of, we're getting better at realizing like PTSD, post-traumatic yeah. stress disorder, and how wonderful that we're having those conversations. My goal is to have people talk about plan and prepare before 
right? Like you think about it, we have no foundation, right? We have no coping skills strategies. We don't talk about it before yeah. until we're in crisis. So it, it should be taught in, if you're going to be a doctor or you're going to be a paramedic or you're going to be anything, a nurse, you should be taught those, those foundations before starting. Like, I just cannot believe that it's not that way. You know what I mean? It's like, it's craziness. It, well, and truthfully, I, I would love to see this. First of all, we need to normalize these conversations at home. Let's yeah. talk about plan and prepare for grief. And as we've talked about, grief isn't just about end of life or no. facing death. It's about anything that makes your heartache, divorce, diagnosis, job loss, bullying, children leaving home. And I say children not leaving home. <laughs> like It's whatever you're, that's grief. There's grief also in in normal transitions in life because uh here's a perfect example our 14 year old twins just graduated grade eight yesterday i am so happy for them and it was a celebration i'm also my heart's also broken because we're leaving this wonderful little small country school and we're going to high school and i know how quickly that goes so it's like there's grief and joy all in the same with every one of life's transitions and we don't understand that. We don't talk about that. We don't, right? Like even when people get married or have a baby, they think, oh my goodness, what's wrong with me? I should be so happy. Well, you're still allowed to acknowledge and allow your grief for your old life. It's right. right? And imagine if we talked about that at home in schools, I would love to see children taught that and teens that grief is a part of this journey. It is a natural reaction to challenges, transitions, and loss. And your heart, although it feels broken beyond repair, will heal if you learn to take good care of yourself and each other, right? That's the whole difference. Yeah. How would you, yeah, no, that's, it's so powerful. How would you differentiate, or well, they're kind of the same thing, you know, grief and adversity. I mean, adversity is just a kind of, it would be, a, it would be grief. What is your definition of grief exactly as, as, as comparing to like something like adversity? Like how, how are they intertwined? I just say grief is your, a normal reaction and it's a reaction mentally, physically, and emotionally to any kind of life challenges or transitions or loss. Yeah. So in adversity, if you're facing a challenge, I mean, you're, you're called to step out of your comfort zone to things have changed in your life. And, and often it, it isn't a welcome change, right? Yeah, you, you, yeah. you haven't welcomed this change and there's fear. And it, it's so interesting because we often feel like there's cookie cutter uh, reactions to these things, but you have no idea how grief is going to hit you in adversity, life challenges, whatever. It's, it's kind of got a mind of its own, even in my own life still, when grief arrives, and it will, <laughs> and it will again, it hits me in different ways. And I just say, wow, look how I'm grieving now. This is like, this is so, I know certain ways that I often react to it, so I'm ready for that. But I also encourage people to be prepared for the, life is unpredictable, and so is your reaction to grief adversity, loss, just acknowledge and allow whatever you're experiencing. So what, what do you suggest for people that, 
Um, I mean, obviously nobody plans for grief or death or whatever it is, but it does happen. You know, what are some of the fundamentals people can do to sort of have in their own toolbox? So if something just kind of hits them, that they're a little bit more prepared than they were, you know, a few days before or whatnot. Yes. Well, you, you hit it right when you started that. You said we don't prepare for grief or death. Yeah. We need to prepare <laughs> yeah. for grief and death because so let's take, I tell people, if you can talk about plan and prepare for end of life, death, you'll have a much better chance of navigating through whatever else shows up in your life, such as adversity and challenges. So the truth is we have to stop pretending that death isn't a part of this journey. I mean, it is the natural we're not, we're not supposed to live forever, right? We are here yeah. as long as we are here. And I, I tell people, if you can accept two things, well, more than two, yeah. life is unpredictable, prepare for anything, right? So anticipate the glitches and know that change is the only constant. So I think it's really important to have a, a life plan and this is how my life's going to go, but truly... Life, life, anticipate the glitches and that it will change. So the more we can sort of allow that, okay, I'm going to my, my road, I was going this way, but now it's kind of veered left. That is part of this journey as well. And it's what you make of it that, mm. right? Like all the, imagine all the things that have happened in your life to lead you to have this wonderful podcast. Well, that's, that's the thing. That. <laughs> you didn't plan that. No. And that was actually going into my next question, which I'm glad you brought up is how, as much as we don't want these things to happen to people, how is important is it that people go through it in order to get stronger for the next level that they have to step up to? How important is that? You know, nobody wants to hear about people going through grief, but it's almost like we have to, at some point, go through these things in order to grow. Right? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it's like wishing that the sun would shine 24 hours a day. Yeah. Right? How excited would you be for, oh my gosh, it's so great. The sun is shining. If it, if it was shining 24 hours a day. Yeah. I mean, that's just, right? It's, there, there's an opposite to everything. Mm -hmm. And it would be a very unrealistic life or expectation in this life to believe that everything will always be unicorns and butterflies and happiness. So if we can, again, say that's a part of this journey and in every, in everything that we go through, thank goodness there's a possibility for us to grow on the other side of it, right? Like post-traumatic growth. I have talked to people who have been through horrific things and they say they allowed themselves to really dig in and say, okay, allowing the grief because that's the other thing you say when you've been through these things allow your grief allow your sadness don't don't just feel like the next day you should pick yourself up and get right back if you can acknowledge and allow your humanness and then say okay where can i grow from here where can i go from here how can i create something meaningful out of this situation it's just a perfect example is my son, again, going through drugs and addiction and, and all the things we went through. I've asked his permission. I say, Ty, I want something good to come out of because that was a hard, <laughs> it was a hard five or six years. There's no question. I mean, I felt, I felt broken beyond repair. 
So at that time, if somebody would have said, oh, don't worry, you know, you'll, you'll create a, a positive message from this, I probably would have slapped them. Like, yeah. <laughs> don't tell me that now. I had to feel my pain. And then as, you know, I, I would not give up on him and, and we just did whatever we could, knowing that we could not control everything, but I was going to do whatever I could. And thankfully, Tyler's on a better path. But I knew I cannot control everything. And, and here's the other piece that is a very hard thing for people to accept. But you know only too well, we do not all die of old age. And we do not always get a warning. And that is not something I ever expect people to, to you don't have to like it. Mm. But if we can accept that, we're here as long as we're here. And none of us know. Tomorrow is not guaranteed to any of us. It's yeah. just, it's a hard truth, isn't it? It's, it's tough. But like, I like how you say it. Like, it's the reality, right? It's not, it's not always going to be easy. It's not. It's a balancing act. And sometimes we get up on our high horse and it will be brought down. Sometimes we're low, we'll be brought back up. There's always going to be something to balance out the situation. And we always have to know that, hey, you know, winter's coming at some point. It's not even being like negative or pessimistic. It's yeah. like, hey, I know it's going to come, but what tools do I have to deal with it? You know? Yes. So for me, what I've, what I've, this has been life-changing. And I, I'm really curious to hear about the things that you do on a daily basis. But for me, like you're talking about feeling it. And for me, it is literally sitting and breathing and meditating and feeling, feel, allowing that, that flow of energy to feel and be like, oh man, that sucks. That, that's real shit. But then yes. understanding that, hey, this, this is actually, this is going to be really good for me. And, and, and feeling it and then allowing it to be like, okay, time to let go now. And then yeah. journal. Journal what you're feeling. For me, even getting through this breakup, this is the first time I talked about it, um, yeah. just recently going through a breakup, it's like I had to channel out this energy and this feel and I had to go through, I had to just, instead of running away and going to booze or going to external circumstances, I went out into nature and I felt it. I said, why is this happening? What is going on? And then all of a sudden, when you get those feelings out on paper and you start to really channel out, things start to just heal. And, and I literally felt like a different person after doing that over and over. What are your thoughts on self-healing or maybe prepping yourself for that one thing that may happen or after? Like, what are some of the things that you do on a daily basis? Well, first of all, I have to say that I'm giving you a hug right now because I know you've just been through a breakup and that's hard. Oh, thank that's thank it's, you. It's big grief, right? It's big yeah. grief. But you have just you've just shared such an important point exactly what i'm talking about is when people are ill prepared and they don't have their self-care toolbox and they don't have tools they wait until in the breakup or the tragedy or the adversity or whatever they're going through then they figure out oh my god what what can help me feel better but see you already had those things i need to go out in nature i need to journal i need to do these things so you already had that foundation and that is exactly what i'm talking about when we talk about plan and prepare for grief so i do the same thing take a message tell them i'm busy um sorry I, about that. yeah. <laughs> that's, <okay>, that's life <laughs> um but i do the same thing I say okay <laughs> 
I am having a hard time. And if, if I could, if I was able to open that window, the blaring sun comes in, so I have to close it. I am surrounded by trees. I know, and I tell people, with my, I have seven takeaways that I share with people um, that they can find on my, when they follow me, I send them seven takeaways. That's what I share in my presentations because one of them, takeaway number six is find your post. That thing that you can turn to, that you can hold on to in those times of grief. And for me, obviously for you as well, it's nature. Uh, if I'm feeling awful, if I'm frustrated, grieving, angry, whatever it is, I just go out. I can literally hug a tree. I I will. I have been known to hug a tree in in public, <laughs> but I just feel connected and I feel not alone. And I look around and it. When I look at nature and I say, nature is continuously changing. Right, the leaves change, everything changes, and it reminds me that whatever I am going through right now, how awful and alone and isolated I feel this will also change, yeah. right? Because whatever we're going through is temporary. You do not feel this much pain forever. So finding those things that will help you heal, absolutely, self-healing and, and reach out if you need to reach out, but find those things yeah. before, right? Yeah. What, because everything, everybody, we created self-care toolboxes. I wrote about it in my book and, and we created them in my family. And each of our self-care toolboxes look completely different, mm -hmm. right? Because what is going to help this person feel better is different than what's going to help me. And we need to find that for ourselves. There's no right or wrong. I love that. I, right? There's no right or wrong unless you're hurting yourself or someone else. I love the self-care toolbox. I love that. Oh, yes. I love it too. Let's, let's dive in more into your book. Let, let's talk about that. And how has that helped you on your journey so far? I'm really excited. I love your life to death. That's such a great name. I was thinking about, I was like, wow, that's smart. Like, Thank just, you. Just the whole, your whole um, the mission and everything. It's, it's great cover too, by the way. Thank you very much. Well, my, my claim to fame and my Lloyd Robertson has uh, the Canadian oh, right. iconic broadcaster has uh, a testimonial right on the front cover because he That's read crazy. my manuscript and he loved it. And that just meant so much to me. Um, but this book changed my, my life um, in so many ways. And I think this is a really, it's such an important message because I was sitting right at this very desk when uh, <laughs> I laughed because I said, I was walking around and saying, we don't talk about grief. We don't, we're not preparing for grief, death and dying healthcare professionals. We don't talk about this stuff. I need to do something different. And there's a pop-up on Facebook, how to write a best-selling book. And it was literally like this. I went, Oh my God, honey, that's it. I'm going to leave my nursing career, write a book. Ah, I was so excited. And he's just kind of like, Oh my God, like a mortgage, three kids, like, Oh, that's great, dear. Please don't leave your job. Um, but it was like passion and purpose kidnapped me. Mm. And what changed so much for me is I sent out one email and I just said, okay, everybody, I'm going to write a book. Yes, stop laughing. It's true. And I don't want surveys and statistics. I want people's stories. I want to hear you've been down the deepest roads of grief and the deep trenches of grief, how you got through to the other side, how you supported people, what helped you. I want grit. Mm. And I remember when I pressed sent and I thought, I don't even know if anyone will answer, right? I don't even know if anyone will reply. 
Well, five years later, which is now, the stories haven't stopped coming. Wow. And that was the life-changing aha moment for me because people want to be heard. They want to be validated. They want to hear, share their stories. And that's how people heal. And that's how we heal each other. Yeah. It, it was amazing. And so in my book, I shared people's stories ages 11 to 101. And I was... I was just awestruck and it was incredible. So that's just like you're doing now. Yeah. I just share I people's say, stories. It's, it's incredible how similar our vision and our mission is because that's what I want to do too. And I, you know, I want to public speak. I want to uh, write a book, all the same stuff. And that's I mean, why, it, yeah. And, and it, that gets me, I, that gets me excited is sharing people's stories, hearing them and sharing them and talking to them. And because what I've noticed, maybe it's a little selfish. Every time I talk to somebody, I heal a little bit more. Oh. Like every time I share my story, Absolutely. every time I feel like I get, I get that much better as well. You know what I mean? In, in whatever I'm doing, I get to have these conversations. I get to think about it and then I get to share their message. And that's super important to me. So yeah. And, and, and there's somebody out there who needs what you have, right? That's and, right. Yes. And, or they need to hear one of the stories I share. Yeah, that's cool. And, and truthfully, it, it's not selfish because it's a win-win. And, and I always tell people, I say, I am a do-gooder. I love acts of kindness and I love to just go out there and do good things. And I, 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 this is my confession. I don't even think it's because I'm a nice person. It makes me feel so good, yeah. <laughs> right? It does. It's the yeah. greatest medicine in the world, just showing up. That's the whole, and that's why we started the I Just Showed Up movement. Because when people are grieving and in crisis, we don't know what to do and we don't know what to say, right? And, and why should we? Because we don't talk about grief. And, and what do you do when there's something, like when we were going through that with my, our son, do you think people ran up to us, hey, I hear Tyler's struggling with addiction. You know, I'm here for you. No, no, <laughs> they avoided us. Mm. People are afraid. Yeah. But what we, what we need to teach people is when you don't know what to do, you don't know what to say, it's awkward, it's uncomfortable, and you can't fix it, the magic answer, just show up. Yeah. Just show up, right? Exactly. You don't need to be a professional to support people, to love them, and to support them and sit with them in the mud. Just like, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do, but I'm here. And you can cry and I'm going to cry and we can just be a hot mess together. Mm. Imagine if everyone could do that. Our, you know, and they say mental health issues are one in four, one in five. I, I just, not being able to just show up for people and, and feeling isolated in your grief or your struggle, it's going to either cause or compound mental health issues. We need to learn how to just show up. Yeah, absolutely. How, how would you say that being, how important is it to be vulnerable and how important is it to be able to, because I, I find that a lot of people, they see, they see being sad or dealing with stuff like grief or adversity as um, if they're vulnerable, then that's a weakness. And they think that holding it all in is being strong, which is so messed up in our society. It's like, and people, if you get angry, it's like, it shows strength. 
and then the guy that does or the guy or woman that doesn't say anything looks weak and it's the complete opposite it's like the person who doesn't get angry who 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 controls themselves is usually the strong person and the per you know it, it's it's crazy how our perception is in how people think well if i share my story then that makes me like some kind of wuss or right. something right? i think one of the bravest things you can do right to be vulnerable and and just put it out there and just say, I don't know if people are going to laugh at me. I don't know if they're going to walk away from me. I, to share our flawed, imperfect, vulnerable self is sharing our very best self. And that mm -hmm. is our gift to the world, our very best self. And when we show that, when we say, you know what, I'm a hot mess. I am really struggling with this. Then other people say, oh my God, so am I. Yeah. Right. So it is actually a gift. <laughs> it's actually a gift to yourself and to other people. So, but you know, the problem is we don't have these conversations yeah. before, right? So when you're in crisis, when you're in crisis and something awful is happening, you can't have this logical conversation, right? And that's the problem. That's why having this conversation right now is so important. It's like, yeah. And people, I say, well, and I said in my TED talk, we need to eliminate the polite conversation. Hi, Lance, how are you? Oh, I'm fine, yeah. thanks. Okay, if you need anything, let me know. Yeah. People know if I'm asking, I want the truth. Yeah. And if you're not telling me the truth, I'm going to dig a little deeper and I'm probably going to make you cry. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I'm going to cry too. I don't care. Like, we might as well just share who we are. Like, why hold, like, what do you have to, like by not sharing who you actually are and what you've gone through and the stories. And I mean, what are you doing? Like, like, what are you trying to, what mask are you wearing? Like, why are you trying not to like, cause what you're saying is just, it's going to help somebody and it's going to help you heal. It's like, why wouldn't you want to share what you've gone through or, or some sort of vulnerability? I get it now. It makes total sense to me, but yes. people are too proud. And I don't get why that makes you any more, why that would be make you more proud by not sharing things with people. Like, I don't know it all because we're conditioned so differently and things are changing now though. They are changing. And I have to tell you, Lance, I am so proud of you because stereotypically speaking, men, men have definitely been told <laughs> like, that's how, that's how our parents were raised. Right. So, so we have to, there's things that we need to undo. And the truth is they didn't know any differently, right? Yeah. Boys don't cry. You, you don't cry. You, you, suck it up you're tough and and so that's how many parents were taught so maybe that's what they taught and i mean that's just the norm and um and we need to undo that and it takes yeah. it takes courage and it takes men like you male role models like you to break that and say you know what i'm struggling and i'm not going to pretend i'm fine and i had a wonderful guest on my tv show chris piva he and his wife both were paramedics and they both um, went through post-traumatic stress disorder and they still, obviously that's, I mean, it's an ongoing process because we also, that's the other thing, we don't just learn this stuff once and then we're good at it. This is something we have to continue, be committed to learning and relearning and ongoing learning throughout life. But he's unapologetically sharing his message like, yeah, you know, I really struggled. I had times where I was suicidal and I had times where I was just a mess. And, and I just, in watching and listening, I thought, 
wow, you are so strong and courageous for sharing this, right? You're not pretending you're fine when you're not. And, and we need more and more people sharing their, their unapologetic, messy, disastrous story because inadvertently that, that makes you stronger as opposed to bearing it and keeping it. And that's where, you know, people lose it and they're angry and bitter and well, because you just, you're suffering inside. Just yeah. Suffering. How I'm curious. Okay. So, um, P, how do we say it's PST, right? P, P, PT, post traumatic. Yeah. 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 I've heard, like, I know I've heard it and I work with people who've been through it, but I just want some clarity. How do you know if you're going through that? You know, is there, because maybe some people are going through it, but they don't realize it. Or maybe some people aren't, but they think because they hear that word and it's like a box, like, I'm just going to put myself into that as going through it. How do we differentiate, like, what it actually is and what happens during that? Because. For me, I don't know like if, if, if it's what I went through was that, or I don't know when it's showing up or if I even have ever gone through it. You know, how do you know and how can it make it easier for people to identify? Well, I'm definitely not an expert with PTSD, so I will, I will say that right yeah. from the get-go. But I think that when it's inter- interfering with your life and you're, yeah. you're not able to function at the level that you could function, whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally. And it is challenging because sometimes it can, uh, the symptoms are very different for different people. So sometimes it's just extreme irritability and it can't focus and everything. And I, I just feel like if people, one thing we don't do is check in with ourselves. Yeah. So I feel like the, the answer to that, the, the non-answer answer is we need to keep checking in with ourselves. And if you don't feel like you are doing well, coping in your life in a, in a healthy way, um, you need to reach out and ask for help. Ask someone. It's like, I'm having a hard time here because I, I don't know. It isn't, it isn't the same for everyone. Yeah. But if you are checking, check in and say, I'm not doing well here. Like I am, I'm really struggling with this. Yeah. However, that is presenting itself. And like with um, Chris Piva, so Natalie Harris started this wonderful movement and it is actually across Canada called Wings of Change. And it is peer support for anyone in any industry, in, you know, first responder, funeral, whatever industry peer support for um, anyone who has gone through post-traumatic stress disorder or are affected by, you know, whether they feel like they don't have to have the diagnosis, but they, you know, are are struggling um, after a trauma. And so I think that's, look into it. What am, if I am not doing well, go out there and ask. There's resources everywhere. Truly, there are resources. I mean, I, I, looking back, I'm sure there's times in my career where I could have really used a peer support group like that after, oh, you know, man. I wrote about in my book when one of our coworkers uh, was, in a, was in a car accident and we were in Emerge and we were trying to save her life and we didn't even know it was a coworker. And then I, when we did realize, I went out into the hallway to catch my breath because I was struggling and I ran right into her husband. Oh, and I ended up having to be the one to tell him that she died. And I mean, he thought she was in a fender bender getting x-rays. 
and I know looking back at that, I could have really used more than, you know, a quick conversation and how is everyone doing? I know that affected me and I could have really used that peer support. I think peer support is so important in anything because if you've been through even though we we react to things differently but if you've been through a similar situation and you're talking to other people who have been through a similar situation you can help each other with different perspectives whatever it may be like i feel like almost every nurse would have to have had some form of post-traumatic stress disorder or like i how how do you not or healthcare professional. Yeah. How, how do you not, how do you go to an emergency to, to somebody in a car accident? Yeah. Like you're just, you know, one minute you're just sitting, sitting around, you know, whatever at the fire hall or you're, uh, you know, whatever. And all of a sudden you go and you see this and it's some teenager or something like, how does that not, how, how does everybody not have that? Like, it's insane when you think about it. it absolutely. And, and one of the things Natalie Harris said is, this shouldn't be normal for us to be okay with that. We shouldn't no. be okay with that, right? We should have a horrible human reaction to witnessing something horrific. I mean, yeah. my husband's a paramedic. Oh, wow. He's been doing this for 20 years and they work long hours and it's 12 hour nights. And I mean, he has been at the scene of horrific things. So, the, that it is such a good point is that that it shouldn't we shouldn't be okay with the things we see so we should have that peer support we should be you know we're choosing this we're making a difference and we i said their the, their self-care toolbox how any healthcare professional or people caring for others their self-care box should be like stacked yeah. <laughs> double stacked you should be checking in with yourself oh, big time so frequently but when, when you say many have, I mean, the, the suicide rates are very high and the yeah. divorce rates and, you know, the not functioning well, let alone asking the question that uh, this is the question I ask people and they look at me like, what? My question to people, are you happy? And they look at me, what? I don't, I don't know. I, I haven't thought about that. I think, well, that's sad. Yeah. Well, nobody <laughs> asks that. That should be the question. We should ask every day. (laughs) Yeah. And and if you're not, what can you do to change that? Yeah. Right? Like you only said, we might come back. I have no idea. Maybe we have several lives. I don't know. But we only have this one right here, right now. Yeah. I want to make this a great ride. I want to say I loved hard. I grieved hard. I, you know, I just, I got through so many things and i mean as you know only too well when you've gone through trauma or whatever you've gone through and then life is peaceful don't you aren't you just that much more grateful uh, oh my god just yeah because you put uh, yourself back into that position and you think about what you went through and you're like oh, uh, i'm so glad i'm not there like that's kind of the perspective uh, you need sometimes because yeah. we get life gets a bit mundane and it's not until it's kind of like when you're when you're uh, healthy and you don't appreciate your health until you're sick, right? You're lying in bed. You're like, all I want is just to be, just to be, just a little fever. You're like, I just want to feel better, you know? And, and that's the, that's the dark and the light, right? Yeah. People say, oh, I wish there wasn't grief in life. Well, that's no, not, you have to. that's not reality, but it also really, really 
I mean, if you've had a toothache, right? You've had a toothache. We all have, and it's, it's the most horrific pain. And you wake up one day and you're like, Oh my God, this is the best day ever. I don't have a toothache. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care what else happens. I don't have a toothache. And that's, if we can really learn to embrace and, and just really enjoy those moments when we don't have a toothache that will also help us get through the hard parts right yeah and and to to say right like here are the things have a toolbox no have coping skills and strategies what is your post what can you hang on to in those times who can you call and you can just vent your story and say i am having the hardest day today Yeah. And what can you do to change that? Because really, this is the other hard truth or the, the tough love I say to people, our own happiness and our own coping skills and strategies, that's our responsibility. Mm. It's, it's not my husband or my children or anybody else's responsibility, but mine. I'm in charge of my own happiness, my own strengths, my own whatever. And we are all, if we could look at ourselves and say, I want to create a wonderful life for myself. Yeah. Right? You have to. Yes. You can't rely on anybody or external circumstances, but a lot of people think the next thing or that person is going to bring them happiness. And that'll never happen. Well, I can't make you happy. No. And you can't can't. make me happy. How many people have you seen? Oh, they have everything and they're still not happy. Well, there's, there's something missing that they need to. It's not about all the stuff you have, right? That's- yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's so true. I, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny how you just need to have that realization. And once you do, you realize that nobody, nobody is responsible for you and your happiness. You have to take control of your own life and you got to know the things that are your kryptonite. You got to know the things that bring you down and you got to know the things that bring you up. So do more of the things that bring you up and do less of the things that bring you down at the end of the day. Well, rocket science. <laughs> well and that's, and, and when I, you know, shared the bracelet and the, so when I wrote the book, I thought, I feel like every adult or older teen should read my book, but I also wanted to expand the message to empower children as well. And that's the, I just showed up movement and the, I just showed up movement teaches people of all ages how to just show up for themselves and others so they are empowered and resilient when grief arrives. And the key point that we didn't talk about that is so important also is if you want to be able to just show up for other people, you must show up for yourself first. Yeah. The very best version of you is your greatest gift to the world. Not a perfect version, not a, the version that ignores their own grief and not the one that does everything for everybody else and ignores their own needs. No, the person who knows their, they have coping skills and strategies and a self-care toolbox and they are responsible for their own happiness and they're positive and that, what a great example. For sure. To others, right? What a great example. That's, that's what we need to do. Show up for ourselves first, then we will better be better equipped to just show up for others. How, how has this Ted talk helped you? And, and I really want to get into this because this is a big achievement and this is a big thing for, for anybody that's been able to do that. You know, how has it helped you on your mission and what kind of impact have you seen so far with it? 
Well, I love that we're, we're chatting in the very month, we're chatting June 2019, and it was literally five years ago, June 2014, that I was doing my first talk. And <laughs> when I wrote my book, I was so naive, which is so brilliant, I had no idea what I was doing. And somebody said to me, if you want people to read your book, you have to become a speaker. Uh, I, I, uh, no. I'm not being a speaker. I am terrified to public speak. I took a zero instead of doing a speech in front of my class. Like that, no, I'm not doing that. And they said, well, you need to if you want people to read your book. And I was just so devastated, right? In five, I, five years, I was so devastated. And so I said, okay, I'm gonna do this. And I went to, <laughs> we were at the United Church I'll never forget. And there were 50 people and I was going to do my very first presentation, but someone was doing it with me and I had a little flip chart, Lance, I had a little flip chart because I didn't know how to do a PowerPoint as a nurse. I, I didn't do PowerPoint. What's a PowerPoint? So a little flip chart, I was very proud of it. And the person that I was doing the talk with at, in the last minute popped his head in and said, so sorry, I have to take care of something. You'll be great. Uh. And left me. And I stood there and I thought, okay, well, I don't want to cry in front of these people, although I feel the tears are coming and I could hyperventilate. I need to get through this and then I'm going to kill him. But anyway, but that'll be later. And I did my message or I did my little talk for 45 minutes. And in that moment, I realized, you know, I don't need to be perfect. I don't need to like have this. I don't know, I have a, an important message and I am authentic and I am passionate and I have purpose and that's all I need. And so in these five years, I have spoken, I don't know, now well over 130 times to wow. big organizations. I've been flown to British Columbia to speak I, and it's been extraordinary. But, you know, with it, it took a lot of courage to leap out of my comfort zone. So doing a TED Talk, that's like the, okay, <laughs> I'm going to do a TED Talk. And that's really, you know, way up there, holding the bar way up high. And I applied for a couple and I didn't get chosen. And then I got shortlisted for one and I didn't get chosen. And it was that determination to do something that actually terrified me. Because although I, I knew I had an important message, but you have to deliver that in 18 minutes or less. Right. That's so it's like, OK, how can I craft this message to be an idea worth spreading? That's huge. Um, and and so there's there's just so I put pressure on my own self and I yeah. wanted to do such a good, great job. So I spoke to many experts and I, I worked very hard to to have little golden nuggets from everyone and craft that message and to be on that stage with TEDx Aurelia behind me, it was just, I was like winning a, a Grammy or something. It was just so exhilarating and terrifying. And uh, it's only been out for, I don't know, a few weeks now. And we have, I don't know, a few thousand views, which every day I get feedback that says, thank you, your TED Talk really helped me. And that is what, that that's like, uh, it's like a million dollars to me, you know, that's, I've, I'm reaching people and that means with my TED talk, what that means is I can reach people anywhere around the world. Yeah. And that's, that's what I want to do more than anything because my book 
is wonderful. It is a wonderful book. The stories are just so amazing. But if people are in crisis, you don't maybe want to pick up a book and start reading, mm. right? Like when you're in a crisis or grieving, someone's dying, maybe you don't feel like picking up a book. And I now love being on stage because I'm also really funny. I haven't really shown that side, but I'm, I'm quite funny. Did you catch that at all? Like I'm really funny because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's already serious enough. Right. So, yeah. so I love being on stage now because I just, I get to act silly and share this message. But if you, if you are grieving or six months down the road, cause grief will be back and I'm not doing a presentation right? Like people say, so I missed your presentation. I really need it now. So what the Ted talk is, is something I can share with anyone anywhere. Mm. And I'm also, I'm also a little, little hint is I am creating something else that will be lodged very soon that I want to share with the world. So if people choose to follow me, they can keep track of that. But that's the thing, right? Like your podcast, anyone can listen to that around the world. Yeah. And that's what you want when you want to, my goal is to create a cultural shift where we talk about plan and prepare for grief before grief arrives and share that message everywhere. So I'm, I'm very pleased to have done a TED talk. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I really admire your work and you got great energy and um, yeah, getting that, getting on YouTube and, and the TED talk is super powerful. You also have to be ready for the YouTube haters because there's a lot of, there's a lot, I like, <laughs> The YouTube comments sometimes it's like yeah. it's like a different world. I'm like, wow, yeah, these so people. Sad. But that's that's part of it, though. The more success you come, like Grant Cardone says, if you don't have enough haters, you aren't successful enough yet. And that's just the reality. But that's another form of 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 challenge and grief that you're gonna have to go through because people are gonna say things and people aren't gonna agree with you. It's just the way. Oh, I know. Or avoid you, right? Like yeah. when my book launched. Uh, I said to the person holding the launch, it was being televised, there were 90 people there. And I said to him, like, my husband's a paramedic and I'm a nurse. There's gonna be like hundreds of healthcare professionals here. I mean, this is an important message. There were five, five, wow. right? They don't, they didn't wanna hear it. And, and when you have a subject that stirs people and talk about things that they don't wanna hear, um, it, it, they're, they might lash out and I have to be ready for that. When I first, I saw my first, I think I had, I don't know, 65 thumbs up. So that's good. And then I, I had one thumbs down and I just, I cracked up and I just, I was like, <laughs> I it's so hilarious that you actually have to go out of your way to what? press that button. I did not like what, that. What kind of asshole gives you a thumbs down? <laughs> I think that's so like I did laugh, so that's good. Sometimes I'm listening to good talks, and I see people's thumbs down. I'm like, "What planet are you on? Like, I, honestly, what do you want? What do you want out of life? What do you want out of people? What, what do you want them to say? Like, what can you not like about this? Are you? Are you like? I, I know. I think it's yeah. hilarious. I would get if somebody was being cruel, or you know what I mean, like, yeah. like very nice. I might give them a thumbs down. I, I, it would really have to push me. To yeah. Do that. Well, I, I thought, good for you, buddy. You don't like it. That's okay. I get it. I'm, I'm going to send you a big hug. <laughs> I just take, it takes too much energy. I'm just like, oh, I just won't watch the rest. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, you know, yeah. and I don't know, but it's, it's, it's a crazy world we live in. It's an exciting world. And if you can utilize the platforms like you're doing, you know, TV show, radio, social media, like, I mean, talks, you know, it's only a matter of time before you blow up and get into it. So many people's lives. And, um, I really love what you're doing. It's, it's, it's great. And, 
hearing, you know, I've always had so much respect for nurses and healthcare professionals. Anybody that's in that has been able to come uh, kind of continue to thrive in life. And just for you realizing, you know, that there isn't a lot of talk about that and to sort of open people's eyes a bit is super, super important. So thank you for doing that. Thank you so much. Well, and I, and I would say to any healthcare professional out there, there is no shame in, in saying, you know what, I'm kind of struggling and you deserve, like you're, you're choosing these careers. You're choosing these careers or like I think of victim services, volunteers, hospice volunteers, you're out there making a difference. If you are struggling, that's okay. You are human. And, and the more we support each other and the more we have these conversations, we can lift each other back up, right? We can lift each other back up. There's, I think it just takes tremendous courage and bravery to say I'm struggling and and make your happiness a priority check in am I happy and if not what can you do to change that that's for everyone everyone where where can we find you where's the best place love your life to death.com just like that I love it yeah and like I said if people choose to follow um, our journey I give them the seven takeaways that I believe are our principles that are imperative to live life to the fullest i even have a list of how to just show up because people say i don't know what to do i don't know what to say i say just show up and here are some tips because we need to learn from each other right and that's why i have yeah. facebook page and twitter and all of that because the more i want to i just want to connect everyone because it yeah. really doesn't matter what you are going through if we can support and learn from each other i'm learning as i go along right i don't have all the answers that's why I keep connecting with people like you who care enough to make a difference. And so I love what you're doing as well. And I, I'm grateful. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I don't give people a choice. You guys go follow her right now. Like, she, <laughs> <laughs> why wouldn't you? Crazy. You guys yes. are crazy not to No, absolutely. I watch my Ted talk. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. Go do watch the TED talk. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> transforming grief by just showing up make sure you guys and sorry what's your tv show name again it's called real life talks and real the life talk. it's right on my website so we okay. have our yeah right on loveyourlifetodeath.com we have the ted talk my radio mm. show can reach it just all. killing it just everywhere that's awesome <laughs> i love it yes. so one question i always ask it's so the one question always is um we kind of covered this obviously but what is one tip that you could give people as a takeaway that they could use to overcome adversity or grief or whatever in their life to go on to become successful or to get through what they're going through? Uh, the, the tip has uh, always has to be when you don't know what to do, you don't know what to say. Someone is going through adversity, life's challenges. The greatest medicine and the greatest gift you can give them is to just show up. Hug, text, email, call, sit silently with them. You don't have to be a professional to love and support. That is the greatest gift. But first, remember, you have value, you matter, your flawed, imperfect, vulnerable best self is your greatest gift to the world. Your happiness matters. So whatever you do, show up for yourself first. Wow, that's gold. Mic drop. Boom. <laughs> that was awesome. That was so good, Yvonne. Thank you so much. You guys, make sure you check her out. This has been this has been amazing and I just I'm excited to just keep watching you grow and watching, you know, whatever else you got in the works. Really excited. And thanks so much for joining us. It was it was awesome to have you. Let's keep in touch. For sure. 
Yvonne Heath, everybody, check it out. Have an amazing day. Hope you guys enjoyed that. That was super important. Grief is one of these things that we don't prepare for. It's just reality. And you got to ask yourself, do you have the tools in your toolbox to prepare for this stuff? So if not, that's okay. That's what we're here for. We're preparing. We want to help you prepare you for the worst, you know, because the worst will happen. You know, I don't, I don't like dwelling on negative things. Nobody does, but you have to, you can't bury your head in the sand. You got to realize that things will happen. So are you ready or are you not? So make sure you follow Yvonne Heath. Make sure she's awesome. Go check her, her Ted talk out right now and get her book too. Love you guys. Have an amazing day. We'll catch you next time. You just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.